0: Welcome, everybody, back to another exciting program of The Light of the Southwest, where we really like to talk about people who have a, a, just an amazing light here in West Texas community and, and all over, really. We've had guests from all over the world. This is only mine and Holly's second time hosting the show with you. So uh, we thank you for uh, welcoming us back and tuning in today. Um, Holly? Holly?
1: Yes, shalom, shalom. We're so thankful y'all are with us. Uh, we are very blessed and honored to be here today with a very special guest. Some of you may know already, uh, Mr. Ben Burton. He is the congregational leader at Beit HaDerek, and he has some very special things to share with us today. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yes, oh, welcome to the so show, much. Ben. Yeah,
2: thank y'all so much for having me. Y'all mentioned earlier, y'all looked at some, like, an old, the old uh, GLC shows, and you were like, hey, Ben looks, looks young back then. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> so, so if this is your first time watching, you're like, man, he got old. No. Uh, it's okay. Kolbacera <laughs> is great.
0: Kolbacera, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It, Far from it, yeah. It's pretty
3: awesome. Uh, today we have a really special subject. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about the light of Hanukkah. We're, yeah.
2: Yeah, so we're gonna talk about Hanukkah. We're going to, this is uh, the season of Hanukkah. This is the time of Hanukkah. And we're gonna be talking about that, looking at where is Hanukkah in the Bible? What is mm-hmm. Hanukkah? How to celebrate Hanukkah? Should we celebrate Hanukkah? And, mm-hmm. and just kind of go through that idea. Um, and so maybe we just jump right into it and talk about it. Right, let's do it. All right, so just opening up, I just want everybody to read this, this section or this particular verse from Proverbs. It says, Ner Hashem." So the candle of Hashem is the soul of man, searching out the deepest parts of his being. So the candle, this is the festival of lights. This is the festival of candles. This is one thing as we look. Let me see if I can borrow this little. So this is what you call, sometimes people call it a Hanukkah menorah, but really the proper term is Hanukiah. Mm-hmm. Plural is Hanukkiyot. And so there are eight candles plus one shamash candle, which is the servant candle that lights all the others. The meaning of this is incredible. I mean, the meaning and the significance of this is very important. So Mm -hmm. we want to kind of go through and just kind of talk about what is Hanukkah. How do you celebrate it? You guys have been celebrating it for for many, many years. Yes, it's Uh,
1: become a family favorite easily, of course. Kids love it. Uh, What kid wouldn't? But,
3: Eight crazy nights?
1: <laughs> not crazy, but... Yeah, okay,
3: they're fun. Fun it,
1: <laughs> <night>. <laughs> But for, for us as believers and followers of Yeshua, uh, to connect with Him, any opportunity, that's what makes it special. And I am excited that you're going to share with others where we can find Yeshua in this time. Right.
0: It's more than latkes. It's more than uh, Sufganyot. ganyot, uh, it's more than eight nights of presence. Uh, really, when you begin to see Mashiach in this holiday uh, and through the whole story, uh, the miracles mm. that happen there, uh, I really believe without it, without, it, without this story, um, there is no, there is no, uh, there is no baby Yeshua later on, right? that Judaism is, is, is in essence, uh, preserved uh, through Hanukkah and the Feast of Rededication, standing up against the Greeks. Um, had we not done that, where is the, the, the New Testament church? Uh, would it have been around had we not stood up and had victory over here? That, that's a question for all of us. So,
2: yeah, let's talk about that. What is Hanukkah? So mm-hmm. what is Hanukkah? So we, we kind of want to talk about that concept, so the word Hanukkah in Hebrew means dedication. So Hanuk is like, actually the Hebrew word Enoch, it also means to teach, but Hanukkah um, is dedication. So Hanukkah Bait means the dedication of the house. Yeah. And what happened about 165 BC is that there was a, a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, who was uh, basically a prototype of the Antichrist. So I think this is one important thing for us to understand is when we're celebrating the biblical festivals, and and believe it or not, Hanukkah is biblical, um, when we're celebrating this, we're actually not only reliving history, but we're rehearsing the future. So we're even remembering the futures because the Torah gives us the blueprint of what is going to happen. So if you want to understand what's going to happen, you must understand what has happened before. Solomon writes, that which has been done will be done again, for there's nothing new under the sun. So when we understand the concept of what is Hanukkah and how does it apply to us as believers? I think it's very um, a very important question because it is something that I think let's say if anybody who watched this has never celebrated Hanukkah, knows nothing about Hanukkah, I just encourage you like come to like GLC bookstore and buy a Hanukkah. and if you're not local, go to go to Amazon and <laughs> buy a Hanukkah and get your little Hanukkah candles and just start. Start with one cool. candle. Yeah. And as we go through this, I think maybe if you 're not convinced yet by the end of this uh, this um, you know this teaching, I would say, "Man, I really want to connect to Hanukkah because the meaning is so much about Yeshua mm-hmm. that it really it just it just reveals to us his light and, right. and, and I think that that's something our especially as believers in this culture that we 're in today yes when we 're being hit from every single angle we 're being uh, pressured from all the all the pressures of the world to conform to the world Hanukkah is very much to go against the flow just as the as the the Jewish people in in 165 BC they were being pressured by the Greeks to conform to Greek uh, ideas and, and mm-hmm. understandings and Greek uh, philosophy and 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 there are so many parallels between Greek philosophy and everything that is um, happening today that I think once we understand that we will see parallels that directly apply to us today so let's, let's open up i want to share something here from the talmud it says what is hanukkah and why are lights kindled on hanukkah the gemara which is the commentary on the Mishnah, this the ancient commentary says the sages taught in megillatanit in, in a particular section of the talmud on the 25th day of kislev the days of hanukkah are eight one may not eulogize on them, and one may not fast on them. And what is the reason? When the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled the oils that were in the sanctuary by touching them. And when the Hasmonean, these were the people that were fighting, these are the Maccabees, fighting against the Greeks, when they overcame them and merged victorious over them, they searched and found only one cruise of oil that was placed with the seal of the high priest, undisturbed by the Greeks. And there was sufficient oil there to light the candelabrum, the menorah, for only one day. And a miracle occurred that they lit the menorah from it for eight days. The next year, the sages instituted those days and made them holidays with recitation of the Hallel and special Thanksgiving in prayer and blessings. Now, when we're talking about the biblical festivals, the go-to place in the Bible is Leviticus chapter 23. Mm. And... um, and one of my good friends just now shared with me this very fascinating uh, concept because in Leviticus 23, we talk about all the festivals from Passover, from Hag HaMatzot, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, Festival of, of Shavuot, which in English we call Pentecost, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, right. and then Sukkot. The next chapter, right after reading all of the biblical festivals, the next chapter is about the lighting the menorah. So in Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1, it says, <laughs> And you shall take oil, or the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they shall take for themselves oil of, of uh, olives, uh, beaten for the light, to make uh, the lamp con- uh, continuously burn. And talking about the lamp is the menorah. The Hebrew word is menorah. So it's very interesting that after all the biblical festivals, the festival that comes after that is Hanukkah, which sure, is very, very fascinating. Right.
0: Connection.
3: I think also one, one thing to mention mm-hmm. is that to make clear for any of the viewers, the Hanukiah that we have that represents the, the eight nights, this is not a, 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 a representation mm-hmm. of the menorah. It's, a, right. it's a different. Uh, it's right. a different but not to confuse them but they, right. they feel the same
2: yeah it's an echo it's yeah. an echo of that so that we reminder but the shape is different and that's intentional yeah so when we look at this concept of the echo i just said it, this concept of lighting the menorah in the in the in the temple links to us lighting the Kyoto in our homes in a certain way because our, our homes are also kind of like this temple but this concept of the eight nate nights plus one we're going to get into that so i want to yeah. show you something fascinating from an ancient midrash called Midrash Tankuma. And so what it says, uh, why not, not oil or radish oil or fish oil or any other oil, but only shemen zait? Or why only the oil of olives? Because olive oil symbolizes siman or laolam, symbolizes the light of the world. Mm. Now that should be something that catches our eye mm-hmm. that olive oil symbolizes the light of the world now if we start looking at the concepts and the connections between olive oil and the light of the world and yeshua's statement that he is the light of the world Uh the amount of connections are overwhelming like we will not even begin to scratch the surface so even if we go back to the time of when god said let there be light and there was light and the rabbis say this is the light of the messiah in the next parsha, Parsha noah it says that the dove brought back an olive branch. Mm-hmm. And the rabbis say, where did it bring it from? It brought it from the Mount of Olives, which is the mountain of the Messiah. The mountain of the Messiah is linked to the olive. And we're going to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that. So just on that very level, this concept of light automatically links to Yeshua. Wow. So, wow. Mm-hmm. so all right, let's, let's just continue. How do we celebrate Hanukkah? Like, how do we, what do we do? How do we celebrate it? You mentioned sufganiyot and latkes and all kinds of things. These are all kinds of foods that, are so oily, like they're just compacted with oil, that if we ate this every, all year long, uh, our hearts would congeal into a hockey puck. <laughs> <laughs> that's <bit>. why <laughs> we only that's celebrate sure. it yeah, once that's a why year. Only <laughs> so with that, yep. I mean, there are tons of, here's like some gelt. So all the kids, there's coins here that have like little menorah uh, or little Honekyot there. And there's coins of chocolate, and there's games, and we we play with uh, the dreidel, which we're gonna talk just a little mm-hmm. bit about in a minute. but. If you 've never really celebrated it, just start small, buy a Hanakia, start with one candle, light the eight candles, and just really reflect on the light of the world not only um, not only in, in the concept of history but in our own homes, bringing Yeshua 's light into our homes, yeah, because he is the Messiah Yes, yes. Amen and to so that. there is yes. this higher candle if you I don 't know if you can see this, but mm-hmm. there are all these lower Lower candles there are eight lower candles, and then there's this higher candle called the servant candle, and the servant candle lights all the others. Well this servant candle represents Yeshua, mm-hmm. yes, and it does ignite all the other candles which represent us and this concept of eight represents a new beginning that's the that is uh the biblical uh, concept of, of the new beginning, so just as i'm i 'm showing here uh, on this on the screen like there' are many Hanakiyots here, and if you calculate how many candles you're gonna light throughout the festival, it's gonna be 36 candles plus the eight candles of the shamash, which brings us to 44. Now, I won't be able to talk about this like too much, but there is a lot here representing Messiah, just igniting the, o- the entire world, bringing mm. light to the entire world, but it is so beautiful to see this real, not artificial, but this real light illuminating our homes and linking us. And it's actually a mitzvah. It's actually a, a, a blessing to look at the lights of the, of the Hanukkah and just kind of just allow that light to just kind of absorb, us, uh, absorb into us as we recognize that this is a lower-dimensional representation of the light of Messiah that's shown from the very beginning. And according yeah. to the rabbis, you could see from one end of the universe to the other with that light. Yeah. I mean, this is huge.
3: Well, I think it's interesting that during this time of year, mm-hmm. Ben, it's like the darkest time, literally, of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got the longest mm-hmm. nights. Uh, th- during this season, we decorate our homes. We drive around the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of our things is we like to see the lights around the neighborhood. But there is
0: a smaller, dimmer light, right? This light that's out there that, that brings a lot of joy to us. But the the true light, the bright light, the light of Yeshua, in the Hanukkah, um, that's that that's that's special.
3: And uh, again, that's.
0: And it's,
1: it's I wanted to share something about that, the way we start with one light the first night, and each night the light is increased and growing brighter in our home. Uh, By the end of it, your home is so full of light. It is so beautiful. Uh, But this year, I've been taking some personal reflection time a little more seriously and enjoying uh, watching the sunrise, something so simple. But in that time of watching the sunrise, uh, it's so fascinating because you start off in the pitch black, and everything on the landscape just looks the same. There's no dimension to anything. And mm. s- slowly, so slowly, you can barely notice it. The illumination begins to happen. And as it does that, the shape of things becomes more and more defined, and you can start to see the difference between things. and as this light is growing, yeah. there was this, there's Definition. this moment that you can almost, you almost think that the sun has already risen, because I'm watching through the trees and whatnot. But when it happens, it is glorious and it is unmistakable. And I believe that Hanukkah has so much, a sunrise has so much to teach us about the coming of Mashiach and the revelation that's increasing during this time. Yeah.
2: It absolutely does. And, and all, the, all the elements you just described are completely in the concept of Hanukkah because there's this growth of light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also in Genesis because this is So what does that mean? And there was evening and there was morning. It's a rabbinic code word for exile is night. Yeshua even uses this in the the final night before, before he died, he said that night is coming. And what that means is the exile is coming to Israel. Mm. Oh. And so, but the, the daybreak, when he resurrects and he's standing on the shore of the Galilee, he says, and it was morning. You know what that means? In, in the ancient, in the ancient uh, using the ancient code word, it means that this is a symbol, a prophetic prototype of the redemption dawning. Wow. And so when we are lighting the candles, this continuously increase of light is bringing redemption, the, geula, the the restoration of all things into our homes. And so everything you're seeing there, matter of fact, you even mentioned that things start becoming more defined. In Hebrew, that's called bikoret. It's linked to the word boker, uh, uh, morning. The word boker means morning. Erev means evening. But the word Erev means mixture. Arav means mixture. And so it means like, as things get dark, it's very hard to tell what 's right what 's wrong what's what 's up what 's down, mm-hmm. things begin to blend together, but as bikoret, as bulk it means that order is coming into the world again Amen. and so as you 're bringing this light, the light of the eight candles plus one you 're bringing the light of the Messiah into your home, and the children love it. I mean, the children are looking at them menor- in the the and they 're looking at all these things, and it really yes. is so beautiful and amazing, matter of fact, it links to numbers chapter eight. I want to show you here. Numbers chapter 8, it says, Now it says, speak to Aaron and tell him when you light the lamps, the seven lamps shall give the light in front of the menorah. But in Hebrew, it doesn't really say that. So the word light in Hebrew here is the word Hmm. Okay, It doesn't say light. It says when you elevate. So it's like, what do you mean when you elevate the candles? It's kind of unusual, how do you elevate a candle? Mm-hmm. So Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzahi comments here, I want to show you this, he says, this is to teach us that the lamplighter must hold the flame to the wick until a flame arises of its own accord. So when we take the, the, the Hanukkah candles, you just don't put the flame onto the wick, you have to hold it right there until the other wick gets so warm it bursts into flame of its own accord. Mm. The meaning of this, which we're going to talk about, is incredible. So keep that in your mind as we go through this, but we'll put that on pause just for a moment and talk about where is Hanukkah in the Bible. I just mentioned Leviticus chapter 23, and then right after that, obviously is not specifically directly speaking about Hanukkah. There is an allusion to Hanukkah in Haggai chapter 2, okay? Um, but where, where is it? I've actually right. asked Right, You would over. think...
0: Uh, Is it in the Old Testament or is it in the New Testament? Where is it in our Bible?
2: Yeah, and if you ask just anyone off the street, is it in the Older Testament, is it in the Tanakh, or most people call Old Testament? And then, or is it in the New Testament? Everyone's gonna say, of course it's in the Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament. The only direct explicit reference is in the New Testament. And that's Ah. in John chapter 10. So let's look Hmm. at John chapter 10 here. It says, it was the feast of Hanukkah in Jerusalem It was winter, and Yeshua was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade. So, okay, let's just talk about this here for a moment because everybody says, hey, my Bible doesn't say that. Open it up. It'll say the Feast of Dedication. The way you say dedication in Hebrew is Hanukkah. All right, and it was winter. So right there in our New Testament, Yeshua is celebrating Hanukkah by being in the temple and where in the temple, just not anywhere, but in Solomon's colonnade. So this has incredible messianic connotations mm. so shlomo HaMele, king solomon was probably behind moses but probably the closest to actualize the messianic era he built the temple he uh had u- near universal peace but he he almost made it but then he introduced idol worship and certain things like this so in any case he, the the festival of hanukkah is in john chapter 10 and if you read this entire passage, you will find incredible connections where uh, the Judeans at the time say, hey, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. <laughs> and Yeshua says, I have told you plainly, but you don't believe. And there is this whole process that even in the, in the midst of this discussion that Yeshua was nearly stoned. Okay, Moshe Rabbeinu was also nearly stoned. But I want to tell you that we know what Torah portion was being read at this time. Okay, so Yeshua in Luke chapter 4 goes up and he reads, like it appears that he goes up and he reads the Haftarah, right? There is a particular Torah portion that is read every single year during Hanukkah and it tells the story of Joseph. Wow. So when you're reading about Yeshua (laughs) and, and, and Hanukkah, And Yeshua says, I and the Father are one. Okay? That is a teaching from the portions being read at Hanukkah. So Mm -hmm. there is a, um, in Parsha right, which is uh, coming up soon, this Parsha, uh, just if anybody doesn't know what a Parsha is, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, are divided into 54 different sections that are read throughout the year. Some of these Torah portions are always read during the festivals, um, they always coincide every time. Okay. The story of Joseph always coincides with Hanukkah. Okay? So we know the backdrop of what was being read at the time. So I want to bring this concept up, is that everything that Yeshua does in the Gospels is so beautiful, so amazing. And before I learned any of this, I opened up the Gospels and I read the most beautiful words of Yeshua that just totally transformed me i mean it was so incredible but when you put that in the context in which it was said you take something so beautiful so incredible Mm -hmm. and it magnifies it like a thousand times yeah amen so when yeshua says i and the father are one it's a teaching based on the uh the part of the bible that was being read at the time in that section where it says this is the story of jacob and joseph was 17 years old and so what it says is this is the story of Jacob Joseph, and the rabbis say, "Why does it say Jacob Joseph there?" The reason why is because Jacob and Joseph are one, because because Joseph is the extension of Jacob. Mm-hmm. The father and the son are one. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the this is the concept that's being read. So, we need to understand the whole context of what Yeshua is experiencing in John chapter ten through the lens of Joseph. And matter of fact, you can actually um, open that up throughout the entire gospels this concept of joseph joseph was sold to the gentiles he was given a new name by the gentiles he became the king over essentially the vice president over all the the land of egypt inheriting all the gentiles and through his hand god brought life not only to the gentiles but he also brought it brought it to his brothers joseph's Mm -hmm. brothers so when we see that we see that yeshua was sold right He's, he's given to the romans right and he's and in, through this process he's raised up out of this pit that has no water, which represents the death and he raises up to be the king over all the nations and his brothers don't recognize him, but he recognizes them and the Gentiles give him a new name. All of these patterns are the prophetic prototype. The Torah has already told us what is going to happen in the life of the Messiah through the lens of Joseph. Mm-hmm. And so here's John here's the rest of John 1024. 20, This is the Judeans therefore came around him and said, how long will you hold us in suspense? If you are the Mashiach, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Yeshua answered them, I already told you, but you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I told you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to sm- snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. So you start looking at this, and I think it's very important to know yeah. that, that this is a certain subset of, of just people that are opponents of him. Don't read it like this is every single person because in the first century, about 20% of, Ju- of Jerusalem was believers in Yeshua, all Jewish. And How do we know that? Acts chapter 21 says there are myriads of myriads, at least 20,000, Okay, in the first century, maybe Jerusalem had about 100,000 in population, we assume. Okay, so 20% of all the believers, and many of them were peer priests, many of them were Pharisees. Matter of fact, all the believers almost were Pharisees. Even Sadducees were coming. Everybody was Jewish. And so it's very important to understand the context in which these things are being said. But ultimately, the lens that we need to see this through is, is the lens of Joseph. Mm-hmm. is the lens of Joseph. Yeah. So here's what text called Kol Hator, which means the voice of the turtle dove, it says about Joseph, it says, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. This is a Jewish text. This is one of the traits of Yosef, not only in his own generation, but in every generation. In other words, the, the Mashiach ben Yosef, the Messiah, the son of Joseph, recognizes his brothers, but they do not recognize him. This is the work of the Satan who hides the characteristics of Messiah, son of Joseph, so that the footsteps of the Messiah are not recognized and even belittled because of our many sins. Otherwise, our troubles would have already ended. Were Israel to recognize Yosef, that is the footsteps of, of Ben Yosef the Mashiach, which is the ingathering of the exiles, then we would have already been redeemed with a complete redemption. So I want to tell you, when you read the Bible like a Jewish person, the person of Yosef forms the template to understand Messiah, the son of Joseph. Mm-hmm. Messiah, the son of Joseph, in Jewish thought, is the Messiah who comes, he suffers, he is killed, he's resurrected. Even the re- some rabbis say that he's killed on behalf of, uh, to atone for, for the sins of Israel. And then he's resurrected, and Messiah, the son of David, comes. And then there's the other opi- opinion that Messiah, the son of Joseph, and Messiah, the son of David, the conquering Messiah who comes back and rules the world, are one which is the truth. Yeshua is the embodiment of the roles of Messiah, the son of Joseph, Messiah, the son of David. Christians call this the two comings, and that is what it is. It's not that there's two messiahs, but there's two comings of this one person, and that is Yeshua. Right. But it's, you can find this in Judaism as well.
3: But the, to, to, to be clear, or to, to bring some clarity for any of the listeners, mm-hmm. so if, if you're Yosef, Right, Yosef's brought and cast into the pit. Now, me and Holly are connected to this Torah portion because uh, mine's
0: going into the pit and Holly gets to be uh, uh, glorified and brought back out. That's her Torah portion the following week after mine. But the concealment uh, is, is that he puts on Egyptian clothes. Remember, Yosef uh, essentially looks Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, and when his brothers approach him, Later, for grain, during this great famine, they have no idea they're standing right in front of Yosef. That's the concealment, and, and, and that's Mashiach ben Yosef. Right. Mashiach ben Yosef is concealed. He basically looks like
3: he's part of the world. Right. Um, and, that's, and that's, in case you were wondering, what's Mashiach ben Yosef? <laughs> yeah. What's this concealment that Ben's talking about? That's
2: right. And so today, um, and, and it's just not the Jewish people. It's, I would say it's all of us. Even Christians, too, that don't see um, the the depth and the Jewishness of Yeshua, of Jesus. Yes. So it's something that all of us have to remove the blinders. It's not only the Jewish people, but it's not only Christian. It's all of us. Yes. We have to remove the blinders and see Yeshua for who he is. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the secrets of Hanukkah is that as we celebrate Hanukkah, we are understanding his light on a deeper level. And so we just invite everybody to connect to that light the light of the Messiah. So now we have the question, where is the Messiah in Hanukkah? So this is a fantastic and amazing question. Where is Messiah in Hanukkah? So we're going to start going through this. First of all, as I said, we have these little dreidels, okay? And these dreidels, um, you can read the story and the history of, of the dreidels. People would be studying the Torah, which was forbidden by the Greeks, and the Greeks would come by, and they'd say, oh, we're just playing, know, a game. playing this game, uh, studying the Torah. But... There is a great secret of the dreidel. The secret of the dreidel is amazing because there are four letters on a dreidel outside the land of Israel. And the four letters are Nun, Gimel, He, and Sheen. I'll even pull it, pull it up on the screen. Nun, Gimel, Hey, and Sheen. And that stands for Neskado Hayasham, which means a great miracle happened there. And so we spend these little dreidels to remember of... Uh, remember this great miracle that God, through apparently natural means, okay, it, I want to tell you there is no such thing as natural means. We can look, it's, it's about, it's not so much what we're looking at but where we're looking from. We look at everything in the world and we say, well, why don't we have miracles today? We have miracles every day. All right, so even if the miracles happen through a concealed manner, it's still a miracle. And so um, these, these four letters a great miracle happened there. is very significant. We're doing this spinning, this revolution, this cycle. But these four letters, A great miracle happened there, um, represents something deep. In Hebrew, every single letter is also a number. So Aleph is 1, Beit is 2, Gimel is 3. It would be like A is 1, B is 2, C is 3. And so in Hebrew... Numbers are also the letters so when you have this concept and this is actually in the book of Revelation by the way It says that he who has wisdom let him calculate the number of the beast 666 right which equals Neron Kaiser, Kaiser uh, Caesar Nero, which is very fascinating. We have this concept of the Antichrist and the person of Antiochus Epiphanes History recycles itself and so there will be a future one but after him it will also be Mashiach so um so with this said, if I added up these four letters together, i will sh- look on the screen, it equals Mashiach, which means the Messiah. And what is a Messiah? I think it's very important for us to know. This is the Greek word Christos, which we get Christ. Okay, um, Christos is Christ, but Christos is translated in the Hebrew word Mashiach means the anointed one. And he's anointed with something.
4: Hmm.
2: He's anointed with oil, but not just any oil. Not nut oil, not fish oil, not any other oil, but oil of olives. Why? Because that's the light of the world. All right, that is where the menorah comes from. The menorah's light was the light of, of the olive oil, which represents the, where did they get this, these olives from? From the Mount of Olives. Where was Yeshua the night before? He was praying on the Mount of Olives. He was being crushed so that all the oil would come out to bring the light of the world. Mm. And so we see in the dreidel, the secret, that this represents Mashiach. And so we are sitting here looking at this. Now in Israel, there's something interesting. In Israel, there is a different type of dreidel because instead of saying a great miracle happened there, it's a great miracle happened here. Yeah. So it's Nez-gadol Now it's interesting because that the number, the miracle value there equals two words, which is menachem, which means the comforter, or Zemach, which means the branch. Both of these, according to the rabbis, are titles of the Messiah. And as a matter of fact, not just the rabbis, it's in Lamentations, and it's in Zechariah chapter 6. These are titles and names for the Messiah. So Menachem, the Comforter, Zemach, the branch of David, the branch of God, the branch who's going to branch out and build the temple, Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12. And you start looking at this, you will even see that the person... Who was named, it says, Behold, Ye- uh, Yehoshua, the son of Yehotzadak, who is called in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, Yeshua. You start plugging this in, the code of that verse, Zechariah 6, is Behold, Yeshua is the Messiah. It's, it's wow. quite remarkable because Zamak is a term for Messiah. We're speaking about a guy named wow. Yeshua. The prophetic prototypes built into the Tanakh, mm-hmm. God wants to make sure we do not miss it. He wants to <laughs> reveal to us the wow. hidden light of the Messiah. No way. And I, I want to tell no. you how it begins it begins with us lighting the menorah even if we don't know even if this seems confusing or you don't know start small get the Hanukkah get the Hanukkah and just start with the very with one candle and use that one candle and rep- recognize that that servant candle represents Yeshua
1: so it'd be also a great time to reference the scriptures that talk about Yeshua being the light of the world and you can incorporate that each night as you light a candle absolutely
2: absolutely. matter of fact if I took the word Mashiach there's another way to read in in the way the Jewish people read the Bible is like astrophysics like if in English we're doing mathematics uh, basic mathematics subtraction and addition Jewish people in Hebrew are doing, like, astrophysics and theoretical physics and quantum mechanics in Hebrew. All of this can be done. So the word Mashiach, there is a method, which we would say in English is called an acrostic, um, which in in Hebrew is called Natarikon, or it's also called Roshetevot, Tevot, the heads of the letters. If I took the heads of the letters of Mashiach, it says, and I want to show you this on, on the screen, it says... Madlikim Shmonat Hanukkah, lighting up the eight days of Hanukkah. That the name, the Messiah, the term Messiah itself, if you expand it out, if you like right click and unzip it, all right, if you unzip this word, it links to lighting up the eight days of Hanukkah. So when you were lighting these eight days of Hanukkah, you were really looking into the light of the Messiah. So this isn't something, just because I'm a believer in Yeshua, like I came up with this. This is something that is. In Judaism, and I think that's where it's really important because if it's just Ben's opinion, I can read into anything. Mm -hmm. But if the Jewish people say this is this is one of the meanings of it, then that matters. Mm -hmm. My opinion is very small. The rabbi's opinion this uh, this matters. Okay, Mm -hmm. so look at Psalm forty-three here. It says, "Shlach orchav amitecha, send your light and your truth." Psalm forty-three. I want to show you what the rabbis say on this. They say the King Messiah. Is who is compared to light, as it is stated, I have set up a lamp, a menorah for my anointed one, and Elijah the prophet, who is the true faithful prophet. So they're looking at this passage in, in, in the Psalms, and they say Messiah is represented by light, and truth is represented by Elijah, because Elijah always precedes Messiah. And so when we were looking at this, John the Baptist brought truth to Israel, which brought repentance, and prepared the way for the Messiah to come. We are in the days that we need to prepare the way for the Messiah to return. Amen. And how Amen. can we do that? By sharing our light. By sharing our, our light and bringing light into our homes. But if we bring enough light into our homes, we can also shine outside of our homes.
1: Is, uh, where's the traditional place to set up your Hanukkah and light it?
2: That's a great question because one of the traditional places is that you put it in your window.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And so you're shining out of your home. The meaning of this is incredible. So I want us to look yeah midrash tankuma here's another passage after that is this is written oil for the light this is the King Messiah as it is as it is says I will make the horn of David grow and I will prepare a lamp for my anointed one I will prepare a candle for my anointed one so when we see he's preparing a candle Messiah in Judaism is called light all right that's actually one of his names In the Talmud, it says, "What is the name of the Messiah?" His name is Nehora or Nehira, which means the light, as it says in Daniel, "And light dwells with him" in Daniel chapter two. So we get this concept that light, and God says, "God, uh, how does it say?" And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. This light is is Yeshua. This light is Messiah. And as we are lighting these candles, we are bringing that light from the very beginning. The light of eight, which is the new beginning, the new world, the the new world that's coming, we're bringing that into our homes. And not only bringing them into the homes, as you said, put the menorah in our window, it shines outward. But that also represents something greater. It's not only about physically lighting the menorah. It is very important, I feel, to do the physical action. Because the physical external action awakens the the inner action. It awakens the inner soul. All right so that is very key.
4: Yeah.
2: Arousal from below brings arousal from above. The inner the outer action can awaken the inner feeling. So it's very important but we have to realize the candle of the soul the candle of Hashem is the soul of man. When we are lighting these candles we should really be lighting our own our own soul with the fire and the light and the warmth and the love of Mashiach so that is why this time is the Festival of Dedication. So our bodies are temples. Yes. And so when you start thinking about the history of what happened, Antiochus Epiphanes and the Greeks went in and, and broke into the temple and they sacrificed a pig on the altar. Okay, they defiled the whole temple. Now, now that's gonna happen again. We read about in 2 Thessalonians, which is very important to know Yes, the Antichrist is going to defile the temple, but that doesn't make it the temple of the Antichrist. It's still the temple of God. Mm-hmm. Yeshua says, this is my father's house. No one ever called it the temple of Antiochus. Mm-hmm.
4: Right?
2: So what that sh- says on a deeper personal level is that in many ways, through this worldly contact of this Greek culture we've had, we've all, we've all had an uncleanness brought into us or something impure brought into us. And this is the time for us to light the lights of a new beginning, and rededicate our temples and our relationship with God. Clean it out. <laughs> Here's another passage here from Otzorah Midrashim. This is a very, like, incredible text. It says, oil for the light. This is the King Messiah, who is called the green olive tree, olive tree in Jeremiah eleven sixteen, He is called pure oil because he will light up the darkness for Israel as it says that you may say to the prisoners, go forth. And it also says the Gentiles shall come to your light. I love that. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Because if there is one person on planet Earth, okay, whom the Gentiles have flocked to, it's Yeshua.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Yeshua has transformed. I'm not Jewish. Yeshua has transformed. He reached into the absolute darkness and rescued me personally. Okay? All glory to Hashem. It is through Yeshua that all the nations are waking up saying, I want to serve Israel. I want to support Israel. That's why we have GLC that has been so pro Israel from like day 1 and yeah. and Alan Tommy Cooper were like the biggest, you know, supporters of Israel. This is so critical. They led tours to Israel and we have so many relationships with with uh Israel today and even in our area because of GLC. So, looking at this, this is something whose zikhr, whose merit is this. Mhm. right. If Yeshua is not the Messiah, there has to be somebody who's going to do better than this. This is shocking because right. Every single person, there have been people saved from, from drugs, from addictions, from, from darkness and, and, and evil, and Yeshua has transformed their life. And I know for a fact, because I wasn't raised in, in church, I wasn't raised religious, I wasn't raised in all these things. I have experienced it. Mm-hmm. And then we take that experience that God has done in our own lives by reaching into our own darkness and, and igniting and lighting our candle with his shamash, which means servant. Mm-hmm. His servant is Yeshua. God took that shamash candle and ignited our soul and he gave us a new beginning. All of this is built into the festival of Hanukkah, of dedication. And it's this concept of the Messiah um, just really igniting our souls. So there's actually another text from B'nai Sachar here, uh, rabbinic comments here. Each Hanukkah, this is a Jewish text, each Hanukkah at the time of the light in the candles, the concealed light of the Messiah is revealed. Amen. So everything we're saying is something that's fundamental in Jew and Jewish thought. It may not be that well known. Um, many people just celebrate, you know, Hanukkah and they don't know these deeper connections. But if you have heard this, you know, if, if anyone has heard this, you know, start small, bring the Hanukkah into your home, light the candles, but don't stop there with a physical action. Take it to the spiritual level. Um, don't disregard the spiritual, uh, the physical action though. In, in Jewish thought, the physical action is important. It's that visual representation. You need to see the light. You need to feel the warmth. You need to, to uh, in all the festivals, absorb through all of your senses, the smells, the taste. We need to eat the sufganiyot and, and you know, all the foods or whatever. We need to taste all of it. We need to see all of it because God is good. Amen. And God gave us all of these festivals. That if Messiah is celebrating, like I want to celebrate it, and if there's a deeper connection with Yeshua, with this backdrop of Yosef, I want to know about that.
4: Mm-hmm. But
2: if yeah. there's this deeper level also that God is lighting my internal candle of my soul
4: mm-hmm.
2: with his shamash, which is Messiah, I want to experience that. I want to bring that light into my home. I want my children to experience that. Mm-hmm. I want our community at Beit HaDerek and in our, in our congregation Beit HaDerek in Midland Odessa. Uh, I want us to experience that. I want us to experience that in the Messianic world. I want the Jewish world to experience that. I want the Christian world to, to experience that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. And, no. and he has given us all of these gifts, these blessings um, to help us understand it and grasp mm-hmm. his son that we, could, that we can be part of his life. Matter of fact, look at this. Uh, one of the greatest Hasidic Rebbes was named Rebbe Nachman of Breslov. He says, the eighth candle... Represents the hidden Sadiq who embodies the menorah. So just stop here just for a moment. The menorah in the temple, the embodiment of that menorah is Yeshua. So in Isaiah chapter 11, it says that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and discernment, the spirit of counsel and power. You start looking at this, there are seven branches of, these, of this spirit. So the sevenfold spirit, it's in Isaiah 11. It forms a menorah. The embodiment of that spirit is yeshua right so that spirit is the spirit of messiah that rests upon Mm -hmm. um and embodies yeshua it's incredible so he is the embodiment of the menorah what does the word menorah mean it has the word or in it the word or means light me means like from it means the light it's the it's the source of light Mm -hmm. and so when we start looking at this let's let's go back to it says He is the totality of the menorah, not just one of its candles. He is more than just the sum of its parts. On Hanukkah, we light the eight candles as opposed to the menorah seven. We reveal the spirituality that lies beyond the physical world. We reveal the mind and the world of action. We reveal the tzaddik, the righteous one in our midst. Mm -hmm. Each of us is a potential tzaddik. Each of us can enlighten the world. So what is a tzaddik? A tzaddik is a righteous person. The New Testament calls Yeshua the Righteous One. The way you would say that in Hebrew is tzaddik. A tzaddik, Yeshua, is like the connection between heaven and earth. Mm. And if each of us can be a, a, a tzaddik, that means we can also be a bridge, a connection for people outside the world to connect to the Messiah, who is the bridge that helps people connect to God. So all of us can be a tzaddik. And I, I just want to return to this really quick. In... in um, Let's just look here for a moment. We have the, the light of the sun is the light of the world. Now, it's very interesting. The word light of the world has a numerical value of 358. So all of those letters add up to 358. Do you know what that equals? It equals Mashiach, Messiah. <laughs> it equals the letters upon the dreidel. The light of the world, it equals Messiah. So when Yeshua says, I am the light of the world, in a coded light way, you could explicitly say, I am Mashiach. So Yeshua says, I am the light of the world. This is so incredible and so amazing because in John 12, uh, John eight twelve, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. This is the meaning of Hanukkah. Every single person should embrace this. I, I feel strongly like, just even if it's small, start small with that one little candle, bring it in. And really start absorbing it. Absorb that light in our homes. And realize the meaning of this. Yeah. And I, I think it's critical. Because it's just not a small action. It's a huge spiritual thing. It's a, a very small step in the physical world. can be a quantum leap in the, spiritual, in the spiritual world. Here's the concept. Do you remember how to light the candle? As we mentioned earlier today. That you take the flame and you put it right next to the wick of the other candle until that wick gets so warm it ignites on its own accord. Look at what the Lubavitcher Rebbe says here. He says, The spiritual significance of the mitzvah of lighting the menorah is that one should be a lamplighter, i.e. one who ignites the latent potential, the soul of man, the lamp of God. Here the endeavor must be to kindle the lamp so that a flame arises of its own accord. In teaching and influencing one's fellow, the objective should be to establish him or her as a self-sufficient luminary to assist in developing his or her talents and abilities so that this lamp independently glows and in turn kindles the potential in others. Awesome. This is our mission. This is our purpose. Our kids in our community, like we want to teach them Hebrew because we want to empower them to raise to, to grow to, the, to be the leaders of the next generation, we do not diminish when we raise other people up. we actually increase. This is one of the biggest things. I think the more we share the information, the more that we help people connect, we are enabling and empowering other messianic communities to raise up because the concept of, of the messianic world today messianic Judaism is, is sometimes called it 's not a denomination this is for everybody it 's not a denomination this is we 're talking about a spiritual move of god a move of god's spirit over the entire world to prepare the way for the coming and the return of his holy son yeshua this is exciting all yes, of us amen. need to be on incredible fire illuminating menorot of menorot of hanukkah of hanukkah all of our candles just continually um lighting up the entire world in preparation for the coming of the messiah and as our world gets darker we're looking around and it can be so easy to be discouraged yeah, yeah. and we're looking at all the darkness And then we realize what comes out in the darkness. I I just want us to look at this, look at the screen. We have the moon. And the moon has no light of its own, but it reflects Mm -hmm. the light of the sun. Mm -hmm. The moon represents Israel. When Yeshua says, I am the light of the world, he also tells all of us, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. This is talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city on the hill on Mount Zion. You cannot hide it. Neither do you light a menorah and put it under a measuring basket. But on a stand, look at this. You see the stand. We we light the we put it on a stand, and it shines to all who are in the house. Even so, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's this awesome. is the message of Hanukkah. That's awesome. This is the meaning of Hanukkah. This is yeah. the meaning of Mashiach. Madlakim uh, lighting up the eight days of Hanukkah. When we play with the dreidel, if you play with, if you see this and you play with the dreidel this year, you need to realize you're holding, in some a small level, a, a certain spark of Mashiach.
1: Amen. 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 It's awesome.
2: And and this is for everyone. You could say, I'm not Jewish. I I I don't celebrate Hanukkah. You don't you don't have to. Um, if you're a believer in Yeshua, this is part of your spiritual heritage. That's right. Yeah. And you can bring it into your home. And you can learn to light the candles and you can learn to to feel the warmth and to taste the foods it is something if Yeshua did it we can do it too yes uh, because he has made us part of god's people he has grafted us in he has helped us to become one with him and with that this is the most mind-blowing thing because if yeshua says i am the light of the world and the gematria equals mashiach messiah and then he turns around and he says you are the mm-hmm. light of the world mm-hmm. That puts a huge responsibility because that means on some level I have the spark of Mashiach within me. You may have heard, heard it said that maybe the only Yeshua that, that some people will see is the Yeshua in you.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: At that moment, we become his hands, we become his feet, we also become the light reflecting to the entire world. And that is the secret of Hanukkah. And that is the secret of dedication, of us returning back to him And bringing the light into our homes rededicating our homes rededicating our children rededicating our entire lives taking our temple and cleansing it of all the things and bringing his light from the very beginning the light of the 8th the new beginning through the through this level of the shamash God's servant where we can become servants too, and God and Mashiach wants to use us as his candle to light up the entire world
3: Wow Thank you so much for sharing with us, Ben. That was awesome. I think uh, during this season, uh, there's so many things that have a light. Uh, there's so many uh, gifts, the lights out there. and And without Yeshua in the mm-hmm. midst of it, it is so empty. Mm-hmm. Me and Holly were talking again in, in, in the Yosef story, there's the vision of of, Egypt, uh, of Pharaoh's dream, and these gauntly cows. Uh, swallowing the big fat cow Um, and I think this time of year uh, there's a lot of sadness that's out there there's there's a uh, there's people who are alone there's people who are trying to fill that void with with maybe gifts and other things Um, and uh, it's like this big fatted cow that looks like it should be um, should be fulfilling but this gauntlet cow comes and swallows it up because there's no mashiach in the midst of it mm-hmm. and so when we put messiah back into the middle of of this holiday uh and especially seeing it uh in hanukkah that is just that's just fulfilling that, i think that's that's awesome that's the story mm-hmm. there so
2: that's the antidote that's the that's the medicine that's the healing for the world Amen. that brings light to the world and so maybe we just pray for everyone Amen. as we end and and, and really may you just bring this light into your home and be absolutely blessed and recognize that it represents the light of the world, which is Messiah. And we just want to pray for everyone there. Father, I just pray for every single person who is struggling with darkness in their life or whatever is going on, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you will light their lives up with the light of the Messiah, the light of joy, the light of happiness, the light of rededicating our temples. And I just pray for every single person, Lord, that you will bless them and that you will allow them to rededicate their temple to you, to bring your light into their home, into their families, into every aspect of their being, and that that light will shine to the entire world. In the merit of Yeshua, our Messiah, the light of the world, amen by amen.
0: Amen. If you're watching with us tonight, and I just wanted to say something to our audience, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Light of the Southwest. When I, when I meet people in and around West Texas I, and you ask, hey, how did you come to know the Torah? How did, how did you come to know Yeshua uh, through that name? How did you come to keeping the Shabbat? Uh, so many times I hear, you know, the seed was planted when I began to watch God's Learning Channel. That's huge. And if you're a listener right now and you've been enjoying this show for many years and the, the influence of Ben and many others who have been on this show uh, have helped you to come, we ask right now that you would just pray about being a sponsor for our program. Uh, this is a listener and, and viewer uh, sponsored uh, station. And so we depend on people like you to help us. So uh, if you want to see more programs like this, we pray that you would, you, you would pray about a gift uh, to God's Learning Channel. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, joining me and Holly and Mr. Ben. We'll see you next time.
1: Shalom. Thank you
0: all.